0: With your spouse, what does that mean for your relationship with God? Do you know people who have fallen out of love with God? Maybe they aren't getting what they, what they used to and it's not a priority in their life anymore. Have you seen that happen? If the world says that m- marriage can be whatever you want it to be, as, as long as it makes you happy, what does that mean for our covenant with God? Are people comfortable worshiping God on, on their own terms, finding God in a whole number of avenues that they have seen appropriate. The message this morning is not really about marriage. Um, it's about what happens over time, as worldly definitions of what the marriage union is change. Change. And how they might have influenced how we see our relationship with God. Covenant marriage. Our covenant relationship with God is not the same thing as civil marriage. But the lines between the two can become blurred. And they certainly became blurred for Israel. Even in the post-exilic world, after we see Israel go back to the Promised Land, after leaving Babylon and Persia, we see this as a really big deal. Uh, The the lines between what is acceptable in the world and what God has called his his people into becomes blurred. In Malachi chapter 2, we learn about a really big struggle for God's people. Now that they have returned home from the land of promise, one of the major concerns is that the men and the women, when they went into exile, they got divorced and they remarried foreign people. Well, when God brings them back to the promised land, a lot of them want to remain married to their foreign spouses. And that's a problem for God's people for a number of reasons. Malachi's charge to them, he says in Malachi chapter 2, is he accuses them of leaving the wife of your youth. And yes, Malachi is talking about Marriage, although he, he is going to make a concession about marriage and remarriage that is picked up later in the New Testament. But Malachi isn't really talking about marriage. What Malachi is talking about when he says, people of Israel, you've left the wife of your youth, what he's talking about is you've left your relationship with God that you once had. When it, you see, when Israel comes home, When Israel comes back from exile and returns to the promised land to continue to be the people of God, to continue to do the things that God has called them to be, they bring back a whole new catalog of ideas and values that they have picked up from their time in exile. And their attitude towards God has changed because they're bringing the attitudes that the Babylonians and the Persians had towards their God. And they're coming back and they're asking God to do things that God never said he would do. And they're coming back and they're asking God to meet them on their own terms. The covenant that Israel has with God has not changed since the time that they went into exile and the time that they came out. The covenant that he has with his people has stayed the same. It does not adjust with the seasons and, and the emotions of the world. As we close this morning, I want to read a few sections from Psalm 25, a psalm of, uh, of one who seeks, <coughs> seeks the covenant. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. O my God, in you I trust. Let me not be put to shame. Let not my enemies exalt over me. Make me to know your ways, O Lord, and teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. Remember your mercy, O Lord, and your steadfast love, for they have been the same from old. Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore he instructs sinners in the way. He leads the humble in what is right. All the paths of the Lord are steadfast love and faithfulness for those who keep his covenant and his testimony. Turn to me and be gracious for me, for I am lonely and afflicted. Consider how many are my foes. Consider my affliction and my trouble. O oh, guard my soul and deliver me. Let me not be put to shame for I take refuge in you. Redeem Israel, O God, out of all of its troubles. The person who seeks covenant is not looking for God to approve of the things that they are doing. And that's what Israel comes back to the promised land hoping for. That they can regain what they used to have, in their relationship with God, but keep some of the worldly ideas that they've grown accustomed to. Our covenant with God changes our earthly life, not the other way around. Our earthly life does not shape our covenant. Our covenant with God requires us to have regular attention and regular alignment. There are powers and forces in this world. In the last day, there will come times of difficulty, for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to parents, and we have to regularly test, regularly check those ideas in this world to know is this from God or is this from the world? Because if it's from the world and it's influencing what you believe about God, Avoid such things, because those things have the appearance of godliness, but there is no power in them. Earlier we talked about Abram and the covenant ceremony, and I, I love what happens right before the covenant is instituted. Abram sets out these animals for this specific purpose, and this is to, this is to institute this covenant relationship that I'm going to have, have with God. But what happens right before he goes to sleep you see the birds of prey come down and start to eat at the, at the animals that he's put in place. And it, it's a really weird verse that it's in there but Abram has to shoo those animals away. We're going to see over the next couple of weeks that the things that we have to put before God are being eaten at. By our world. And we need to be able to tell when the things of God are being lessened by what the world says. And we've got to shoo those things away. Avoid such people. Because the things that we are putting before God are for the Lord. Whether it's our relationships. Whether it's our time. Sabbath, which we'll talk about in a couple weeks. The covenant that we have with God is something to be treasured. It's not something to be adapted as the laws change and adapted as the world changes. Covenant comes first. And covenant is something that God has said he will always uphold, even when we fall short. The terms of the covenant is that if one does not keep those terms, they will be cut in two. If you have not become a Christian this morning, you have not entered into a, the covenant relationship with God, you broke that covenant. And Jesus was torn in two because you broke that covenant. Praise be to God that you don't have to bear the weight of those sins, but praise be to God even more that the sin and death that we have earned has been triumphed by our Lord and Savior. If you need to enter into a covenant relationship with God for the very first time and receive the forgiveness of your sins and the presence of the Holy Spirit in your soul. We would love to help you do that this morning. If you are a Christian and you've been looking at the way that you interact with your friends and your family and the presence, the value, the severity of your relationship with God has lessened because of worldly powers and worldly pressures and sin is weighing you down and you need to ask for forgiveness from those, we would, love to, we would love to pray with you and love with you and confess with you. If you have any need this morning, whether it's in person or if you're joining us on Facebook Live and you want to leave something in the comments or send us a message or you want to give one of the elders or ministers a call later this week, we would love to help you give your life to Jesus in whatever in whatever ever way, ne- whatever way necessary, the world thinks that it can redefine relationship and redefine marriage, but it cannot redefine your relationship with God. Please don't let it. Avoid such things. If you have any need this morning, won't you make it known right now while we stand and sing? Unto the O oh Lord. Do I, Do I lift up my soul unto the Lord. Lord? Do I lift up my soul?